Welcome to another message of hope from Gateway Family Church. For more information or to contact us, please visit gateway.asn.au. <laughs> we hate people who are arrogant, don't we? That's why it's so funny to laugh at this guy getting his comeuppance. How's everyone going tonight? Wow. I'll just... Just going to wait a second see if you guys can get psyched up a bit more. Because I am pretty excited tonight. Who's excited tonight? Oh, okay, maybe. I think you're nearly, nearly matching my level of excitement. Because as a lot of you who are around a lot will know, I've been away. I've kind of been around here and there, but I've been away for a little bit. And I'm back and I'm rested up. And that... That means danger for you guys when it comes to tonight's message. Because I've had lots of thinking time and I am pretty pumped. So buckle up. I want to tell you about two people that I have worked for. Two people that I've worked for. One person who I should have liked and didn't like as a boss. And one person I shouldn't have liked as a boss but did like. So the first boss... He seemed very, very likable. Uh, when I first met up with him, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. He wanted to know about me and, and about the work that I'd done in the past. And when I started working for him, he was really appreciative of the work that I'd done and, and seemed really nice. And, and he would always tell me that I'd done a good job and, and that, was, you know, that was all good. But I worked for him for a pretty long time. And uh, what I noticed about this particular boss was that uh, he always said that he valued the work I did, but he always paid my bills late. That's a warning sign. Not good when your boss pays your bills late. And the other thing I realized when I heard him talking to clients is that I would work really hard on particular sections of shows that I was working on. And he would take all the credit, like he was the one who had done all the work every single time. And uh, I ended up having to fire that boss, basically. I had to get rid of him because I couldn't work for him anymore. Had to fire him. He was no good. Paid his bills late. And it was just this weird thing because he'd seemed so nice at the start. He'd seemed good. But it, it turned out that he was, he was kind of full of himself. And he didn't want to... I mean, like, bosses are kind of involved in making things happen. But they're definitely not the people that do all the work. And he really wanted all of the credit. And he really... He talked the talk, but he didn't really value the people who were doing work for him. Now, let me tell you about this other guy. This is the boss that I should not have liked. Okay, so this guy, this guy, he used to work in Sydney. He moved to Melbourne, and I found out why he moved to Melbourne. It turned out that he'd been having some anger issues at his job in Sydney. And so in between working in Sydney and working in Melbourne, he'd had to go to anger management. Now I thought, okay, look, people have bad days, right? That's fine. I get angry sometimes. How bad can this guy be? I start asking around, hey, what do you know about this guy? And I heard a story. Actually, hold on one sec. I just want to see if I can find something back here. Ah... all right, so I heard a story about this guy and it involves a piece of aluminium very similar to this one. And the story about this guy goes that when he was in Sydney, the like the breaking point of why he got sent to anger management by that company was because he got so angry at somebody one time. Um, at, on events, we build our 
drape walls, like big curtains. And they're made out of aluminium poles that like make the frame and the curtains hang off them. And he got so angry at somebody once that he picked up one of those pieces of aluminium pole and he javelined it across, I'm not making this up, he javelined it across the room at somebody. They dodged out of the way and it buried itself in a plaster wall. It didn't fall out, it buried itself in so far that it was just stuck, sticking out of the wall. Thanks Delaney. This is the sort of guy who should have rocked up in Melbourne who I should not have liked working for, right? Particularly if there were draped crossbars flying at my head. But the interesting thing about this guy was that he never gave me any empty praise. He would always tell me when my work wasn't up to scratch and he would always help me fix it whether it was before the show, whether it was after the show, and there was just something I needed to learn, he would always help me out. But more than that, whenever I did something great and he was talking to a client about it, he would always introduce me to the client and say, hey, Singe worked really hard on that. Didn't he do a good job? And when I screwed it up, because I'm pretty good at that too, whenever I screwed something up, He always took the hit from the client for me. He never blamed me for something that went wrong. And he, he was a boss that I liked working for. So two people, one person who I should have liked, but turned out to be a little bit arrogant and full of himself. And one person who on the surface seemed like he would be no good and turned out to be a very kind person, as long as you weren't on the receiving end of an aluminium pipe. We all want to be liked and admired, right? We all want to be the boss who gets looked up to. We all want to just be liked by our friends and maybe even the members of our family that we get on with. We want to be, we want to be liked and we want to be admired. But uh, a lot of people fight for that admiration the wrong way, right? They fight to be liked. They fight to be valued the wrong way. And we... We call that arrogance. Like the guy who's worked really hard to be a brain surgeon, but he can't stop talking about being a brain surgeon. Right, we're not, we're not okay with that, are we? That's not, that is not okay. But we want to be valued. And I think sometimes we find ourselves in that trap of trying to talk ourselves up or trying to do something to impress that girl you like or boy, you know, whatever, or, you know just trying to do stuff just to be liked a little bit more. But uh, if I had to sum up my message, this is what I would say to you tonight. And this, uh, this could probably be the end of my message, actually. These, these three words, this could probably sum up the whole thing. Uh, this is the title of my message tonight. You listening? Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. You see, I think all too often we think that we have to be a little bit of a jerk to make it somewhere in life. We have to think that we need to be a little bit better than the person next to us. And we spend a lot of time telling us how we're better than the person next to us just so that we feel a little bit better about ourselves. 
We do it on Facebook and Insta and Snapchat all the time, right? Even when somebody looks like they're having a good time, you scroll and you see them. And now we've like, we've like wised up to what's going on in social media. And we know that people's lives aren't actually going that good. So you like scroll through and you see somebody who's like at the beach during summer and they're like chilling out and you're like, yeah, but I know you got a D on that test last week. You should be studying. Right, We know what's going on with people and we use that to build us. We might not be at the beach, but I'm studying. I'm going to get an A on the next test. We know what's going on and it's about building ourselves up. And if we're not careful, we turn into the brain surgeon. That's not how God wants us to live our life. But via Paul, we can find out how God does want us to live our lives because He wrote a letter to a church that was full of jerks. And that's why he had to write this letter. Now, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's pretty rare that I would get up in front of a bunch of young people and read a passage this long. So you're going to have to bear with me. I'm going to make some comments as we go through. But... um. You know, this is the cool thing about reading the Bible sometimes. I think it's really easy sometimes for us as people who speak and communicate to get up and pick out just the good bits of a verse and give that to you. It's like a little breadcrumb, right? Just a little little snack. It's like opening a bag of chips and just giving you one. That's not very fun, is it? We want the whole packet of chips. So tonight I'm going to give you the whole, the whole bag of chips. Who's excited for the whole bag of salt and vinegar chips? All right. Are we ready? I could get pretty fired up because I love the Bible. I could just... Oh. Oh, I feel a bit offended. People are laughing at me. Therefore, that means listen. He's basically put a useless word at the start to say, listen up, I'm about to say something good. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Well, hold on a second. Um, I, I thought worship was all that singing and stuff. <laughs> what, what do you, what's this about giving up my body? I don't, I don't like that. We better keep on reading and find out what he's talking about and decide whether we agree or not. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, this is a bit nicer, isn't it? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then you'll be able to test. Sometimes there's silly words at the beginning of things that mean listen up, like therefore. And other times there's words at the beginning of sentences that are important, like then. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, if you want to start hearing more from God, you have to stop conforming to the patterns of the world first. Because while you're conforming to the patterns of the world, while you're fitting in with what everybody else is doing, while you're messing around and trying to have all the fun, but also hoping to listen from God, you're drowning out what God is trying to say to you. You have to give God a chance first. You have to stop conforming to the patterns of the world. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will for your life. That is worth it. That's worth it. 
this is smart, actually, this next bit, because we're talking about not being arrogant, and Paul's about to tell people what to do. So he starts off with this, right? For by the grace given to me... That's smart, right? Because he's not talking himself up. He's making sure that we know that Jesus has been nice to him already. That's good. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many limbs, and these limbs do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many form one body, and each of its members belongs to all the others. We're all in this together. You don't have to do this alone. That's one of the beautiful things about the church. You don't have to worry so much about building yourself up and pointing out what's important about yourself because we all have things that are important and we all have a place to fit in in the church. And youth is just a part of a church. It's just a fancy word for church for young people. And then I still get to come for some reason. Right. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what's evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in excitement, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction and be faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do you know what's interesting about that whole section that I've just read? Is Paul could have said it like heaps shorter. Heaps shorter. Do you, I'll give you do you want me, I'll give you the spark notes. Is spark notes still a thing or is that like okay? I'm going to give you the short version. <laughs> Don't worry about spark notes. I'm going to give you the short version of that. Are you ready? Yeah. Be nice. That's what he's Be nice. That's what he's saying. And the reason I'm yelling is because he said it over and over and over again. He's trying to make the point. So if I summarize it, I have to yell to make up for the fact that I'm making it shorter. Be nice to people. Be nice to people even when it costs you something. Be nice to people when they're not nice to you. I'll continue on. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful what to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on me, live at peace with everyone. That means that it's not up to if the other person respects me as to whether I respect them. It's not up to whether they're nice to me, whether I'm nice to them. It doesn't matter if they're generous to me, that I'm generous to them. As much as it is possible, I do the work to live at peace with the people around me because that's what Jesus has done for us already when we didn't deserve it, when we were doing the wrong thing. He was nice. He was more than nice, but let's just stick with the nice and jerk metaphor for now. Don't take revenge, my dear friends. This is good. 
but leave room for God's wrath. We like that. We don't have to do it. We don't have to do the revenge. God's going to do it for us. Just kidding. That's not what he's talking about. He's kind of talking about that. But what he's really saying is, don't worry about the revenge part. Worry about the loving each other part. Because do you know what's better than getting revenge on someone who's mean to you? If they learn more about Jesus and start being nice to everyone around them, Stop being so worried about what's fair about that person who's mean to you. Stop being worried about what's fair with that person who's not generous. Stop worrying about what's fair with the person who discourages you. Show them love like Jesus shows us all love. And then if they learn to love Jesus, their life will be changed just like yours can be. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Don't be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. That's enough out of the Bible for tonight. But you know, this is the amazing thing, is you know, whether you really know Jesus, maybe you're here for the first time, maybe you're like, what's this Jesus thing all about? I knew this youth group was going to be weird because it was part of a church. Why did you bring me here? Uh, Here's the amazing thing about Jesus. And here's the reason why I love Jesus and I spend so much time talking about him, is because when I was still a jerk, he was nice. When I was still discouraging people, he was nice. When I was a bad leader, he was still nice. When I really wanted to be a youth leader because it made me feel good about myself, he was still nice. And he taught me more and more how to love you guys more than how I felt when I was doing nice things. So don't think for one minute that I'm suggesting that living your life this way is easy. Because it's hard to put those things aside that are hardwired into us. It's uncomfortable to face our pride and say that we're probably a bit too full of ourselves. It's uncomfortable to stop building yourself up and start building others up. Because you might worry who's going to be nice to you and who's going to encourage you. It's uncomfortable to assess how much we really love and need other people's attention and admiration, and comments, and likes, and streaks. It's easy to think, nice guys and girls finish last. I have to take what I can get, otherwise I'm not going to get anything. But God says, don't live your life like that. You might get somewhere. Maybe you'll get that thing you want. But your heart will be hard. You won't know what it's really like to love the people around you, and you won't know what it's really like to be loved. And we see stories and and we see things in the media all the time about those people who make it and are rich, but they're jerks, right? Or those people who make it and have a fast car, but they're jerks. So what do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known for being rich one day? Do you want to be known in your school for being the smart kid? Do you hate the smart kids? Do you want to be known in your school for being the cool kid? Or do you want to be known as the person who's encouraging, even when the other person doesn't deserve it? Or do you want to be known as the person who's supportive to the people who are mean to you? Do you want to be known as the person who's kind? 
You can go after the things you want in your life. In fact, I encourage it. Take your abilities and do everything you can with them. Get good at doing the things that you are good at. But don't be a jerk about it. Be kind. See, I might be a pastor and you might be sitting here going, this is all about this Jesus thing. But I've had a real job and I know real people as well. So if you're not a Christian, I want to tell you that this, this is still true. This is still true. People like kind people. People are drawn to people who are encouragers. People are drawn to people who are kind. And you know, I hope that if you've been in this place for any amount of time, that the people around you here and the leaders around you here are kind to you and that you can count that. You can count that and go that even as I go through my week at school and people are mean, I know I can go to this place and they're kind. So if you don't believe in the God thing, that's cool. You can come here and go like, it's really nice that the people there are nice. But let me warn you that if that is why you are here, one day, one day you will figure out that the people here are kind because they're following Jesus, the one who is more kind than anybody else, the one who is kind to us when we're at our lowest, the one who's kind to us when we're at our meanest, the one who's kind to us when we've just finished making fun of our little baby brothers and sisters, the one who's kind to us when we've just had a big argument with our mum, the one who's kind to us when we've just failed all of our tests and we're staying back a grade. Whatever it is, Jesus is kind to us all of the time. But if you are following Jesus, if you would say, I'm following Jesus, then I've got some rough news for you. Some really rough news. (laughs) This isn't an option. Living your life being kind to others, it's a directive from the boss. Of course, being kind doesn't mean that you have to be a doormat and be walked over all the time. So don't, don't hear that. Sometimes we have to put boundaries in place with some people. But we can be kind when we do that. And we can be as kind as possible as we can where boundaries aren't needed. And so this is what it means to me this week. This is what I've learned about being kind over the last, I don't want to say how many years anymore, over lots of previous years. And this is, this is what it means for me this week is I want to always treat others like they're more important than me. I want to listen more than I speak. I want to build others up more than I build myself up. I want to show some extra patience when I don't feel like it. I want to go out of my way to encourage people as much as I can. I want to make sure that somebody knows every day that they're important. And I want to remember to be kind in that moment where it's difficult. And so the only question that remains for you is, what does it mean for you? What would it look like to be 1% kinder this week? In your school, in your family, at uni, at your job. Yeah, sorry leaders, you're in on this as well. What would it look like? to be 1% kinder? What would it look like to be 1% kinder to somebody you only kind of know or have never met tonight? Like in the rest of tonight when we go out, what would it mean to be a little bit kinder to the people around you this week? Hey Lord, we just thank you so much that you are the one who is kind above all others. We just thank you so much that when we stuff up on being kind that you are always there for us. 
We thank you that you love us. We thank you that even when we're not sure about you or when we weren't sure about you, that you were still being kind to us. And, and Lord, we just thank you so much that you love us and that you love the people around us. Lord, help us to be a little bit less full of ourselves this week, Lord. Help us to be a little bit kinder. And Lord, I just pray that for everybody in this room who does decide to be a little bit kinder this week, that they would see that return, that they would know a little bit more of how much you love them and the plan that they have because they've decided not to conform to the patterns of this world and instead want to know a little bit more of your will. Lord, help us when it's hard, but help us to be kind. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Gateway Family Church. We hope you join us again for another great message next week. For more information or to contact us, head to gateway.asn.au.